It's like the world's worst advent calendar. Well, I'm gonna talk about eco-terrorism. Got too excited about jorts. I'm leaving now with my Roomba or your blood on my hands. I'm back, back on my bullshit. What is meme if not airhorn persevering? No, this is this is not a family show. And I quote, many American titties. Why'd you have to bring Dane Cook to this, Andrew? No one wanted that. Oh, you guys are not ready for what I've got today. And I've apparently hit the very end of my attention span. Give me like 30 seconds. I'm looking for rhymes. Hello and welcome to Debate This, the show where no one is right, but someone is definitely wrong. In this show, we take time out of our busy adult lives to talk about comic books, video games, and how it's my headcanon that Sony and Microsoft definitely hijacked Nintendo's latest Nintendo Direct, specifically as a ruse to convince Matt to <laughs> abandon the Switch forever and ever. What are we talking about? What's going did you on? See, did you see the latest Nintendo Direct that came out? At How many farm sims can week? you fit into your body? Matt? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We talked about this on the debate this episode yeah. that hasn't come out when we're recording this episode. But yeah, man. Yeah, time is timey-wimey. Boy, mm -hmm. howdy, was that not for me? That was just so <laughs> not for me. <laughs> uh, but it was very much for Todd. Sure it was. was for me. Um, I'm yeah. very excited. Harvest Moon, It's a Wonderful Life, I think, was the remake that they're doing. Or Friends of Mineral Town. I always get those two confused. Uh, anyway, those was the it the GameCube one? Or is it, is it a brand new one or are they remaking it, an old one? It's a remake of the GameCube, but I think they're okay. building on it. Cool. Neat. I've never played Harvest Moon. I'm kind of pumped. Oh, that is actually <laughs> the most surprising thing yeah. I think I've learned about you, my friend, Andrew Anderson. <laughs> All right. Well... Today's episode, so we're doing another flavor text. Um, this is our second in the month of September. Um, and instead of instead of doing like a particular property or series, we're going to do something a little bit different and instead talk about a gaming ideology. Now, the the and specifically what I want to talk about is the ideology of fully completing a game. Now, since video games have evolved from arcades to home consoles, the idea of like literally picking apart a game and seeing every inch it has to offer has been around since the early days of the NES, but the definition of what every inch means is changed over time. And someone, you know, someone who personally enjoys fully completing games as a way of getting the quote full experience, I'm going to talk today about how completion has been defined and redefined over the years. And then we're just going to talk about some more memorable, notorious examples of game completion. This is going to be light and breezy, all for all for fun. Um, just want to shout out, as always, special thanks to hashtag ButtThwompNation and who I'm calling the expert Chivo Hunter at Sharkbait um, for commissioning today's episode. As always, you listening out there can commission your very own flavor text, um, and you can do so by pledging your undying loyalty to hashtag BudThwompNation at the $25 monthly level. In addition to getting to tell us whatever franchise or lore or series to shove into our collective consciousnesses once every three months, you will get, an ac you will get access to an exclusive episode each month on the premium feed, access to our post-show for all normal DT episodes, and access to participate in our monthly movie nights and or streams and or whatever that evolves to. We're kind of in the middle of changing that up right now. It's TBD. Anyway, uh, joining me today on this 100% Flavor Text speed run are Matt, Challenger Incoming Cole, Todd, Fight with Culex Thomas, and Kyle, a completed Pokedex Harper. These are all very accurate and good. <laughs> yeah, they're uh, com completion terms for your favorite games. Uh, Matt, I've told you that I'm telling you your favorite game is Smash Bros. Congrats. <laughs> okay. 
Fine. Cool. <laughs> um, so normally we start a lot of these flavor texts off by going around and sharing our prior knowledge. Um, instead today, I, I thought we'll, we're going to do this a little bit more like we've done the social justice in comics and the gender discussions in comics where it's going to be more of a discussion forum. Um, what I'm, what I've done is I've basically split, uh, this up into two parts. So part one, we're going to talk about what is completion. <laughs> I, I laugh when I say that. Um, <laughs> what, what is completing a game? Uh, define it like to talk about like you know what are what are our own personal definitions? What are those definitions over the years? And then part two, when we come back from the break, we'll talk more about some specific examples and and fun things that I found and just fun things from my memory. Um, but let's start. I'd like to go around quickly and just I want to hear from you guys. In your mind, when do you feel a game is actually completed? And uh, we'll start with Todd, since your face is right below mine in the Zoom call. <laughs> Love that. Um, I I already have a good idea of where some of this conversation is going to go. And so I'm going to throw out the most base level of how I feel a game is completed. And that's the roll credits. Um, cool. I think that like for majority of games and probably majority of people who aren't neurotic and like dedicated <laughs> to the craft of whatever they've committed themselves to. And me personally, when I see credits roll, I have completed the game. Now I know that we're, at least I believe we're going to talk about what could. No, I mean, that's, from that's there. what's fun about this is it's, yeah. th this is the point that I want everyone to leave today with is there is no one definition. The one definition is the credits roll. Perfect. Well said. What about you, Matt? Um, I struggle with this question because my knee jerk reaction is kind of similar to Todd's where you open up a game and then you play the quote unquote main game. And then once you have finished the main game, it is complete. But <laughs> as we advance farther and farther in gaming, there are less games that just exist with a main game, you know, like I mean, my favorite video game right now, other than Smash Brothers, apparently is Overwatch. <laughs> and there's not like a, I can't complete playing Overwatch. Maybe someday yeah, I will. Impossible. We'll, we'll see I mean, I how guess long you could, Blizzard I guess gets you could, $10 a month for me, but you know. I guess you could fill up the hero gallery. That's technically the closest, but... Yeah, but then in, when we get battle passes with Overwatch 2, that's no longer a thing. Right. And it yeah. gets to this point of like, how many boxes do you need to check? Right. So like, then right. is it, okay, it's 100%. Well, I can count on one hand the number of games that I have 100%ed. It's one. I don't remember what game it is. I just know in my life I completed one game so I could say I did it. It was probably like, Pokemon pinball or something, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my third definition, I guess, for what is completing a game is just to make me feel like I'm not a loser of a gamer and say a game is complete when it served its purpose for you, right? Like when you're no longer entertained by a game and you put it down, thus it is complete. I just say that so I don't feel icky about how many games I have left uncompleted no i love that that's great uh what about you kyle i'm kind of surprised that i am the one that holds the like the harder opinion here because i i do think like 
completing a game is finishing finishing story mode if there is one and then like completing like collecting all of the first like main collectible there is in a collectible type game or like finishing all the shrines in like uh, breath of the wild something like that it's rolling credits on the main story and plus like the next achievement that the game has laid out for you um it's a little more i'm just surprised i'm i'm the one who has the more intense view of what completion is because like most games are not done when you roll credits to um if if a game if i roll credits and there's nothing else to do in a game um i'm i am disappointed i rarely Hmm. complete games i will get to that question next i don't think i've completed (laughs) a game either but like Mm -hmm. if if i roll credits on a game and they're like that's it you can play it again i'm kind of like that that's disappointing Hmm. so interesting um, I, I think I have a similar view as you, Kyle. For me, my loose definition, because I've had more time to think about it than you, um, is uh, I've seen all the content. That's that's okay. my sure. my loose but also very strict interpretation of completing a game. Uh, but we'll talk about it. So yeah, and Kyle and Kyle kind of led it in the next question. So I'd love to hear, and if the answer is I don't, that's totally fine. Uh, what was the first game that you definitively remember completing, either being with a guide back when you know the old timey like prima strategy guides or or just like you just spending hours and hours on your you know your living room floor just like pounding through your game pokemon um, red pokemon red yeah i'd cons- and i i haven't completed the pokedex on any pokemon game but i'd consider that the first game i've completed like yeah. saw all the content like you said yeah. mine was pokemon yeah. blue so there you go hey yeah. Uh, we won't do a complete hat trick because I think I beat Super Mario World full. Um, and I and even that I got like the special ending with that if, one. I went back and yeah. did the star road and got the special ending. I That's my answer. But Super I Mario also, World, you got the Mario head Koopas. Mm-hmm. Pokemon, <laughs> Pokemon Red, I, I would have to timestamp it. But Pokemon Red would have been right in there with it, though. Pokemon mm-hmm. beating the Elite Four and then Gary were definitely up there in my like top like first five games that i beat along with uh smash 64 if those were probably three of like three of the first five games that i really beat, and i you know if we really dig deep i think i beat mario world 3 um but it wasn't without using all the warp whistles i skipped so much content if i can be pedantic i do think completing pokemon red and blue is fighting mewtwo beating or capturing mewtwo but good well I di- I digress. <laughs> that's that's the point of today's. I mean, yeah, that's a that's a, actually a perfect segue. So let me ask this question, and I don't know if you all if this all goes through your mind. It certainly goes through my mind when I play through a game, especially one that I really like. Even like in modern times, do you decide ahead of time that you're gonna like fully one hundred percent complete a game again based on your whatever your definition is, or do you just kind of like make that in the make that decision as it comes? I would be absolutely lying straight to your face if I said I had finished a single game I had set out and said, I'm going to 100, 100% complete this game. The only games that I have ever finished the whole way are games that kept my attention long yeah. after I had any intention of beating them. Because I very specifically remember 
like, man, I love Super Mario Odyssey so much. After the first like couple hours I've played this game, I know I want to I want 100 percent complete this. I want to get every moon like I'm so in. And then after like two or three days of grinding for moons post end game, I was like, I'm never touching this game again. Um, that said, like I've lost count of how many times I've completed the Pokedex in Pokemon snap, you know, like, mm. and I definitely didn't wake up one day and was like, I got a plat goal. I got a plat Pokemon <laughs> chat or I am not doing it. So yeah, I, I definitely do not, set out ahead of time to say like, Oh, I'm a hundred percent going to complete this. Um, because if I do, I don't. Yeah. It's definitely an, as it comes thing, I get so far into a game and then I kind of make that decision. Am I going to beat this game? Like, am I committed to beating this game? And then when I decide that and I get closer to, I say like, okay, well, am I going to replay this game to get the other things? Um, the only time I, I said, I'm going to complete a game and and do it is when i played fire emblem awakening and and three oh, houses yeah. which i i did complete i like have you saw, done all three runs no i haven't done all three <laughs> runs um but that was the only time i was like i am starting this with the express purpose of like yeah. finishing fire emblem awakening or sealing it away never to talk about it again <laughs> out of shame um and like Pokemon games I don't have that thought process I just am aware like I'm gonna beat it it's a Pokemon game like it's it's a it's a yeah. monster collecting game for babies like I will beat this game <laughs> but it's not like a, a decision I make um every other game I play I go in knowing I'm not gonna finish this game I know myself and my yeah. weaknesses um I am lucky if I get if I like get halfway through um usually I reach a a, a point where it's like Oh, finishing the game is within reach and then I will push to finish a game. But like that decision is made very, very late. That's really interesting. No, thanks for sharing. And, and again, this is not like we're all, we're all adults here. We don't need to, we're not, <laughs> we're not trying to share gamer cred. Um, I think probably the reason why I'm doing this is because com completing games is part of the experience for me. Um, so it's interesting to hear you guys say that because I, I I think normally like it's pretty common when I play a game and, and I'll I'll cite um do you remember when we did the East flavor text about a year ago yeah um mm -hmm. you may remember I was talking about I played East eight which is a fantastic <laughs> game um but there was a there was a point like two hours in where like I checked the big map for the first time and it was like map completion percent and I was like. Oh, oh no. Oh baby. <laughs> you want to you want to get daddy going. Give give me give, map completion. Give, it, give Andrew a completion a percent yeah. completion. Cuz that that to me that is the game. Like I I will and Matt you're when I played Super Mario Odyssey that to your example, you know, those like I had the most fun in the last 10 getting those last 10 moons like checking those boxes. So I think it's it's probably just a personality thing. Um but yeah, that, that's a great segue. So thanks for sharing all. Um, I, again, I, I think the the one thing that I really want to come across today is completing a game can mean a lot of different things to people based on like how you enjoy games, and and that has changed obviously over the years. You know, f since we were since we were young kids, right? So let's we're gonna look at the different kind of layers of completion over the years. I'm gonna laugh every time I say completion. 
Go ahead, Kyle. Did you did you finish? Did you get all the moons in Mario Odyssey, Andrew? I did. Yes. Okay. Um. So I'm going to ask you, know, you as a game pops up in the conversation. Sure, yeah, I'm going to ask fine. you the level you completed it, being the yeah. completionist in our group. Sure, being your your court mandated completionist. Yeah. Um. So I I want to look at different layers of what that means. You know, what do we define as getting all the things, seeing all the stuff, right? Even that definition itself is a little challenging as a, with a game like a modern game like Matt mentioned. Um, and then how does seeing all the stuff map onto an old school NES game with no saves versus your 80 hour epic JRPGs, you know, single player FPS games with multiplayer modes way back. Remember when that was a thing in 360 days, right? Um, so I want to note uh, before we move forward that a large portion of my sources cited for all this comes from a YouTuber uh, whom I've, I have followed for years. Uh, this is Gerard the Completionist or simply the Completionist. Uh, you can see you can watch Gerard's stuff on um, uh, youtube.com slash that one video gamer. I've been watching him for for a long, long time. Just it's personally. Great content. Yeah, he's really good. Um, he uh, Todd has his switch. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I forgot <laughs> yeah. that's where that came from. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the channel's great. Their whole thing is he like literally just completes a game once a week. Um, and then he talks about the completion journey. And and again, like to him, completion is is like Every achievement, everything that has a number, everything that has a checkbox needs to be checked. So we're going to talk a little bit, some really fun examples from his channel as well as is those like where things go pretty wild. Um, so let's let's jump in. Todd mentioned already rolling credits. I think that's the easiest, most base definition of completing a game, rolling credits, right? And like think back to the arcade era, you know, games didn't end, right? Pac-Man ends at 255 levels where it just like glitches out <laughs> mm-hmm. um same with donkey kong right you get to the kill screen so the the first video game to ever have an actual end i looked up was crystal castles does anybody know that one get the gems bentley bear uh it's not for me no nope. okay. um that one was like actually i think it started as an arcade game but it was on the nes and it was um it was one of the few arcade games at the time that actually had an ending. Like it had a set amount of levels and you could like get to the end. Um, now Super Mario Bros. obviously is a, a more universal example. One of the first like true home console experiences. You know, this is like Super Mario Bros. obviously started the like the idea of a story in a video game. Get to the end, defeat Bowser, save the princess. Thanks for playing. And that's it. You know, the end. You see the end screen, you roll credits. It seems you means you got to the end of the game. Um, those early NES cartridges, I don't know if you guys remember or not, but like th- you couldn't save your game in those early right. NES cartridges, mm-hmm. right? So you either use passwords or you just did it all in one sitting. So there there was no like new game plus, you know, getting, right? getting the TV for a long enough period of time right. was enough of a feat exactly. for people at the time. Like you'd, you'd have to like pause it and walk away and yell at everyone in your house to not go touch it. Yeah, you're going to come back to it later, which is like it's funny thinking about because like you said, there are passwords. So for like those old games that had passwords, you were coding like it was punching in a code to indicate where you were in the game, which is kind of a wild thought. Yeah. So that's actually that's that's great point, because uh, the first cartridge that did this now, granted, this was the first cartridge that did it, but plenty other games, even in the Super Nintendo, didn't save Um, the original Legend of Zelda first Mm -hmm considered cartridge that could act that had an in like had an on cart save feature hmm. um and the golden cartridge the golden cartridge and imagine playing the original legend of zelda in one sitting like that's Golly. wild 
Yeah. Yeah. But if you go to the uh, image gallery and uh, like like always, we have an imager uh, gallery. Go ahead into the show notes if you're listening. Click the link. I'm looking at starting with image number one here. Just a screenshot of the original Legend of Zelda inventory. And I, I think this is a really good example of one of the first iterations of like actually tra- tracking your progress. Right. Because not only did you have this inventory system that had spots to fill in, but there was also a, mini- a miniature version of that in the file select screen when you would bring up your file. Now, there was no like, you know, completion percent or whatever. You didn't really know if you de- if you got all the things in Legend of Zelda, but you you knew you had some of the stuff because like, hey, if there's a blank spot here where it looks like an item could fit, oh, uh, maybe I have another item. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Legend of uh, Zelda is a <laughs> relatively small map too that it's like not terribly difficult to explore all of it and like do that. Check, yeah. like determine it that way also. Yeah. And it and it's different than say Super Mario Bros because it's not a linear progression, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, there is a there is a defined series of uh, dungeons, but you don't. And you need some of the items to progress, but you don't need all the items to progress. You only need the eight pieces of the Triforce, and you know whatever items you need to to get through to get into dungeons. So you can finish the game without all the upgraded armor. There's like two armor upgrades. There's a bunch of like weapon upgrades, heart containers, all that stuff. So. I would say I think I would feel like this is the one of the first real iterations of actually like a definitive point between a com- finishing a game and completing a game. So let's move on. So that was pretty much the NES era. A lot of the games are, you know, the platformers where you can kind of sit, do in one sitting. Ninja Gaiden, for example, right? It's like a six-hour game. Mm-hmm. You either beat it or you suck. Contra, right? <laughs> so now we go into the SNES era. And uh, this is where we start to see the 100% tracker. And uh, image two um, is actually a Super Mario World. And this is something to this day, Super Mario World is the first game I ever played. I got it when I was like four years old. I have, to this day, I have never seen this. Um, and Todd, you mentioned Super Mario World too. Um, what we're looking at in image two is an actual 100% completed Super Mario World Interesting. file. Oh. Never seen that in Whoa. my life. Yeah, I mean, I like I said, I played through beat bowser found the star road progressed through there's like eight levels of the star well there was the star mm-hmm. road levels and there were like hidden the extra levels secret that were tubular like level yeah. tubular so like fantastic they were the they were very like they were entry level kaizo levels if you think yeah, back to it pretty much um and i played through all those too but yeah i never saw this that i can remember that's really neat yeah, so in what we're looking at here is the this is also the first Mario games have a huge history in doing stuff like this, but if you found all 96 hidden exits in Super Mario World, oh. your save file would have this golden star with a 96 next to it. And there's a it's written in blue and I forget one's like the PAL versions in blue and the, the North American version is gold or vice versa, I can't remember, but same with you, Todd. I always, until I started doing research, I always, I always thought that when you're getting the the alternate colors and like getting the Koopa heads or the Mario Koopa heads, I thought that yeah. was completing Super Mario World. For Turns sure. out, I never completed Super Mario World. Time hmm. to load it back up. Time to load <laughs> it back up. Um, yeah. So, uh, but this is I, this is probably I would think maybe not the but definitely one of the more earlier versions of tracking a some sort of percent completion rate. Um. Mario game has d- 
done this since every, in every game since, even the 2D ones, the new Super Mario ones. Um, some Obviously, the 3D Marios do a little bit more where you get like a secret level or something, but pretty much every Mario since Super Mario World does some sort of like 100 like percent completion counter you might get like a gold border or like a stamp or a star or something some sort of like icon on your file select uh to note that you you did the thing um so similar to mario again a lot we're going to talk a lot about nintendo games today because this is what was around for the while but uh also the kirby series is huge into this um mm-hmm. if i mean save for kirby's dreamland which is very unlike the rest of the kirby games um Kirby has always really has always, you know, ran real hard on secret exits and, you know, finding hidden levels and things like that. And much like the Mario games, Kirby's Kirby games also uh, track your progress. So in all of the file selects. So you see here in image three, this is Kirby's adventure for the NES. This is actually this is the Wii virtual console version, which is why it says 2011. Kirby's adventure is one of those because the NES had a really long lifespan after the SNES came out. So Kirby's Adventure actually came out like two years after Super Mario World came out on the SNES. But hmm. uh, So yeah, so this was, uh, again, just another example of that. And then Super Metroid. Um, the Metroid series also does this in a slightly different way. Uh, anyone who's played Metroid knows that you have a laundry list of uh, missile expansions that are hidden throughout the, the game, mm-hmm. and they are balls hard to find. Um, Starting with Super Metroid, the one for the Super Nintendo, obviously, uh, Super Metroid would track your progress at the end of the game, so you wouldn't know if you got Not all of the stuff until, until yeah, nice. until Cut. the end. Uh, so Image Four is the see you next mission, and that's your that's your percent <laughs> completion. And uh, man, having one missile expansion to find in a Metroid game is such a like absolute shared experience for many people. Yeah, I I never played a single Metroid game. Um, oh, yeah? Just never, never did. But I I mean, I know eventually they start playing like the Castlevania games where it's a big it's a big map that unlocks based upon what yep. you have. Yeah. Yep. And yep. Castlevania is another example. Um, I mean, tons of this is still a, a very much a thing in most action platformer games you'll find will track your percent, most likely in a file select screen. That's usually pretty mm-hmm. common. Um, more recent examples, Todd mentioned the Castlevania games. Castlevania tracks your castle completion percent. Um, and then uh, the Lego games also do that a lot. Uh, the Lego games also like will unlock characters and stuff. So progression is all very much tied together. Um, in doing some Googling, the Yakuza series, series also does this a lot. Mm. Um, they're these like massive like GTA-esque, you know, sprawling action RPG games. Um so around the midway through the I see this next thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> midway through the Super Nintendo's life, there's a very iconic game that pulled off its own incredibly cheeky version of the 100% tracker. Um, but instead to use a descent, instead they decided to use fake impossible numbers, um, <laughs> which is which is a big pain in the ass. And uh, we see that in image five, which is the 101%. Uh, this was uh. first. This was first used in Donkey Kong Country for the Super yep. Nintendo, which came out in 94. What? Yeah. And, yeah. and it's and I mean, I know you're going to talk about it, but mm-hmm. I played I played Donkey Kong Country one and beat it. But I played the shit out of Donkey Kong Country. 3. Yeah, baby. I played that's I still stand that that's probably one of the top five SNES games. Mm-hmm. Um, and I played incredibly it. underrated game. Absolutely. 
and I played it hard. And I remember yeah. getting to 101%. And I was like, there's more, though. Like, I know <laughs> this isn't all of it. <laughs> yeah, this is, I mean, the, the, I talked about Mario World, but I, but Donkey Kong Country is the first game where I really was like, all right, I'm a, I'm a clear this bitch. I had, <laughs> I remember specifically my parents, because I was an only child, convincing my parents to take me to like three different malls in the greater Pittsburgh area, looking for like any sort of printed strategy guide for Donkey Kong Country one. Wow. Um, yeah, we went to the Galleria, we went to the Station Square Mall, and I specifically remember at the heart of the Station Square Mall, we found uh, like, a, like, a, like a Nintendo Power with three pages around about Donkey Kong Country. Um, it was wild. And then uh, DKC2 was the one that I absolutely, I had a guide and I just was like, I would follow like every page. Um, yeah, so 100% one, or 101% or 100% trackers are, are, are fun. Um, other, I'll say to when it comes to action games, I, I have a C also section here, which is getting all S ranks or golds or platinums. Yeah. This is more of an action game thing um, where it's like beat the, beat the missions or the levels in an optimal time with the best score. Um, Beautiful Joe, Bayonetta, you know, those kind That's of games. That's what I'd, I'd put like racing games with ghost tracks mm -hmm. in there with that. Yeah, anything, anything that times you. Uh, Resident, Resident Evil and the Batman Arkham games have yep. side missions that do that as well. Excuse yep. me. You know what else really uh, checks that box for me is mobile games. Anytime I get into a yeah. mobile game where I have to get three mm. gold stars on a level, I got to get the three gold gotta stars. Got to get the three gold yep. stars. What are you going to do? Have that spot that doesn't have a star? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. You want to get all three gold stars until you get to, like, the fourth level. Uh, and what is that cooking game that, that everyone works together on then hates each other and you, it breaks Overcooked. up families oh, and Overcooked. friendships? Overcooked. Yeah. You want the three stars so you get to the fifth level and you're like, well, two, st two stars is great. Yeah. <laughs> and then eventually you're like, get Man. the one star so we don't have to go back to the moving pirate ship. There's, yeah. there's no game that I have to turn my brain off more than Overcooked. He's <laughs> like, it's fine. We don't need I just, the three stars. Move on. One person just has to drive and the other three just have to listen. Yeah. Um, uh, Todd, you mentioned Donkey Kong Country. I should note that mm -hmm. Donkey Kong Country 2 uh, was extra cute and made the final percentage 102%. Yep. And then Donkey Kong Country 3 did it with 103%. Ah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those so, bastards. Clever. Um, DK, Donkey Kong 64 reverted back to 101%. Should've, they should have done 164%. <laughs> Just because <laughs> nothing matters. Well, I've got a few more ridiculous examples. Um, did any does it have it, did any of you crash Bandicoot? Yeah, like, crash, I, yeah I, crashed I crashed Bandicoot. Bandicoot. Yeah, you crashed a Bandicoot, Bandicoot or two. Crash, obviously, the Crash games have done this for years. Um, they the original series. Let's see here. The original series, I believe, two of the three of them. No, I'm sorry. Starting with Crash Three, Crash Bandicoot did the over 100 percent completion thing. Um, so you get like if you get all the gems, you get all the secret exits or whatever, you get 100 percent. But then if you get the platinum relics with the time trials, that gets you up to 105%, which is, again, Ooh. these are these are nothing numbers, right? <laughs> um, I, there's a bunch of other Crash games that, that do this. I think the wildest one was Crash Bash, which was like the Mario Party one. Mm -hmm. for That oh. went up to 200% because oh, numbers gosh. are pointless. Um, Great. The latest... Crash 4, which I think I told you guys about in a few a few episodes ago. I just played through Crash 4. It's about time, the one that came out two years ago. Um, that one gets you get up to still 106% because uh, it's Crash 4. Because numbers don't mean anything. Yeah. Yep. 
Um, my favorite, though, is the Castlevania series. Uh, so I mentioned Castlevania tracks your map progress. Um, starting with Symphony of the Night, though, the PlayStation one, there were like hidden castles. I've never played the game, so I don't know a lot about it, but there are like hidden castles, like the reverse castle. So every castle equals 100%. So you can actually have 200% in Symphony of the Night as well. <laughs> oh, boy. One, Great. One, one particular Nintendo DS entry called Lament of Innocence has 10 whole castles. Therefore, the completion percent is 1,000%. Oh, that's okay. painful. <laughs> Which is so stupid, but fun. Um, image 6 here is of a more recent game you may recognize as Binding of Isaac. Um, Binding of Isaac, this is a, a screenshot from its latest expansion because Binding of Isaac has had so much shit added to it. Completion for Binding of Isaac now is 1,001%. <laughs> I mean, they added like whole characters. Good. Yeah, Entire, yeah, entirely new games upon new games. So why do any of this? Right. Like what's <laughs> what is the point? Um, all the extra. Why, work why do for, men climb mountains, Andrew? Why, why do men <laughs> climb mountains? Kyle? You know, all this work for a shiny star or a gold border and a file select screen. Well, what if, say, there was like a prize, something that could break the game or more importantly, give you more game? locked behind that 100% door. Thus, we find ourselves to the completion reward, which I think is probably the gold standard of like, this is the see all the content, get all the stuff. Now, they say, they say a fella's journey is its own reward, but if I'm blowing down every wall trying to track down 51 individual missile expansions, I want something for my hard work, right? Fortunately, Usually, the case is the more closely a game tracks completion progress, the more likely it is to reward you at the end with something for completing it. So I've got a couple of different examples here of completion rewards or completion bonuses or gifts you get at the end of the game, whatever you want to call them. Um, probably the most egregious, we'll start with the you did it certificate. <laughs> I think we all know what this is referring to. It's called Pokemon. It's a sure game that is. makes you it's a game that makes you hunt down things that are super rare and also requires you to trade stuff and spend hours evolving to give you a certificate that you can print out on your Game Boy printer, which you definitely don't have. No. <laughs> uh, but Pokemon's not the only one that does this. Um, this is a huge thing in RPGs because RPGs already put you through 200 hours of grueling content. So <laughs> right. What what the hell else? What are you, you going to do? Not do this? Um, it's it's a it's a pretty common thing, especially so a lot of RPGs have what's called super bosses where you grind up to level 99, you use all of your mega potions to to beat the super hard super boss after you've got the ultimate weapons. And it's it's for credit. It's for extra credit. It's uh the I think one of my favorite uh, examples in Final Fantasy VIII, when you do all that stuff, get the ultimate weapons to beat Omega weapon, you literally you get a key item that's like literally says like you did it. <laughs> um, wonderful it's, it's, it's like that that app when uh when smartphone when i the iphone was first a thing where like you just all it did was um charge you a thousand dollars and it's the i am rich app or whatever it was all it did was yeah be, be on your phone being like i spent a thousand dollars on this app look at me that's it um, yeah yeah Final Fantasy X, or what Todd likes to call Final Fantasy X, X. Uh, also also has <laughs> a series what they call Dark Aeons, which are super boss versions of all the summons that Yuna can get. Similarly, you can grind and grind and grind, optimize your character to beat the Dark Aeons. You don't get anything for it; just just good vibes. 
Yeah, I so, was going to say the the Mega Man Battle Network series, the other games I've come closest to completing oh, yeah. have <laughs> have a like have base as the final boss and it's just a like you you did it, you might get the next thing you're going to talk about uh for mm-hmm. beating it, but I I didn't beat it, but it's just a like it's it's red and gold and silver on the top of the mountain. Just yeah. go fight the big bad and say you did it. Exactly. I, I do hate me a end of game portrait. Um, that was <laughs> largely why I didn't end up hundred percent completing Mario Odyssey because I set out on that journey like you know day one of that game coming out, yeah. mm-hmm. and then somebody else finished it, and I expected to like you know get a cool hat or something some <laughs> other digital currency that doesn't matter but then they were like no you just you get a picture you get a nintendo picture of all the characters it says thank you and i was like all right i'm done done with this game yeah yeah uh well that that brings us to our next topic is the ultimate weapon slash ultimate character mm-hmm. so this is the one where you receive the completely game-breaking weapon or right. the, like you know infinite ammo or something like that actually that's the next one scratch that todd <laughs> <laughs> this is the one where you get the completely game-breaking weapon the the best item the you know uh, broken character whatever um it's going to make the game certainly trivial now, this often tends to be a double-edged sword because usually by the time you've unlocked this thing, there's no more game to play. Like, you're literally just, you know, like, okay, cool. Um, Le- like, this to me is almost a worse slap in the face than the certificate or the the picture mm. Matt said. Unless it definitely they give, depends. Unless they give you a, like, a just, like, endless mode or just a, like, like give you something to, like, have fun with it with but it man yeah. is it just like great what am i supposed to do with this like yeah, yeah. the i've got a couple examples here and they're in varying dy- dynamic levels or di- varying various uh boons um so one of the first one here is getting double health for getting all the notes and the jiggies and banjo kazooie which is a lot of work and you will not do until you've you know com- fully explored all of the levels and are maybe about to go up, up against the final boss. Um, but that final boss is really hard and actually like the double health is super worth it. So that one feels bad, but it actually is worth it in the end. Um, one that is undeniably good is the fierce deity mask. Love getting the all fierce the masks. deity mask. Yeah. Oh, so there's God. a game you completed. There you go. Yeah. The, oh, um, I, I did it with the guide. It doesn't matter. It, it still counts. Well, I would argue. If how would you to, know? How yeah, would you know exactly. to do the newlywed, get the newlywed mask without Man, a guide? I, I no longer need to say no. anything else over this topic. You've said <laughs> yeah. it all. Uh, Fierce deity mask and Majora's mask. Excellent. 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 Makes that boss completely trivial. The whole point of it is you can only use it for the final boss, which like, mm-hmm. fine. Um, I don't know if any, did any of you play Resident Evil 4? Uh, I would think no so, which one it's is resident GameCube evil 4 it's the, the gamecube one. one uh the yes GameCube i did one. play resident evil 4 if you complete the game in the hardest difficulty you get the P- prl or plaga removal laser which is literally just like a golden gun which again is cool but like if you've played re4 in the hardest difficulty probably not gonna play it again mm-hmm. yeah um, fighting games also have a good version of this, which is like unlocking Shao Kahn and Mortal Kombat, Heihachi and Tekken, right? Like you get the final, the end guy, the, the most, the best guy, which yeah. like if you're playing a fighting game, you're probably going to play a lot of multiplayer. So like that feels worth it. Yeah. 
I would also add like legendary shiny skins and stuff into this category. It's kind of the like bridge between yeah. the you did it and the ultimate weapon. Um, yeah. I remember specifically SSX Tricky for the GameCube where you could get a shiny costume of each individual character where it was just like it was just their character model, but platinum and iridescent with no features. Um, and yeah. I don't know why I wanted that so bad, but I did. There is the entire science behind that is the same science that drives every single battle pass and yep. online game currently. Yeah. Um, one that did it really well is uh, Mario Kart Double Dash, where if you get everything, oh, you yeah. get the golden car and then you can race. Right. Each, everyone can use the golden car to race and it's best. It's better than every other car. Yeah. Um, a different variation of the trophy or the, you know, the the breakable, the broken item Infinite lives, infinite money. Uh, this is obviously not a thing as much anymore. Um, but, you know, cheats were a big thing for a while. Big head mode and GoldenEye 007, right? Um, mm-hmm. And then that kind of went away in the PS2 era. But, you know, this was this was a different version of like, hey, keep playing our thing. Um, the one that comes to mind the most is actually GTA 3 and GTA Vice City. Um, those games complete the more that you complete like you've got all the packages all the secret hidden collectibles you got different cheats and all of the in gta 3 you could get like infinite lives infinite money um no six stars something like that so it was just Mm -hmm. like hey we this is like perfect sandbox mode like go nuts and and i was gonna say the the updated version of that is still like there are some and i've run into it more on mobile and indie games where like you you beat the game you get sandbox mode or zen mode where it's just like mm-hmm. yeah screw around you'll respawn yeah. like you yeah. won't don't take all the frustration out just like see what you can do um debug mode is a ver- is a one mm-hmm. an older version of right. that yeah um another one uh mario 64 getting getting that unlocking that cannon and getting meeting yoshi on the top of peach's castle and getting 99 lives right. what are you gonna do with those 99 lives you already beat the game nerd <laughs> <laughs> Now, now we now we get to the best, the objectively the best completion reward. It's the true ending, the golden ending, the the S rank ending, right? More content. That's who I mean, of, of course it's the best, right? Like you can't you can't even argue that. More content is the best. Um often oftentimes the true ending is paired with like an extra level, maybe a hidden boss. Um, in some cases, an entire campaign read uh, <laughs> Sonic Adventure Battle 2. Um, speaking of Sonic, this is a huge Sonic thing. Uh, Sonic 3 and Knuckles did this really well, where you can unlock Doomsday Zone and the final, final, final boss by getting all the Chaos Emeralds and all the Super Emeralds. Uh, and you have to do that in the Sonic 3 and Knuckles version. Um or I mentioned DK, uh, Donkey Kong Country 2. That was the first one I remember completing because it had the whole secret lost world. And if you got all the hidden coins, you got the real King K. Rule fight at the top of the mm-hmm. pirate ship mm. fortress or whatever the heck. Um, a more recent example is Hollow Knight. Um, I know that's a me one, but Hollow Knight has a whole thing where if you get a couple secret, very well-hidden items, you get a whole ass extra level and like the true boss, which is considered to be balls hard. Um, image I, seven here is of the Chaos Emeralds or the Master Emerald Chamber in Sonic 3 Knuckles. Those are all seven of the Super Emeralds, which I did not know existed until recently. Yeah, I had no. I mean, I knew you would. I knew you could get the emeralds 
in that game because that was a whole like speedrunners yeah. do that as part of a thing. But I didn't know like this scene existed. Yeah, me neither. I'd say Hades is another good because um, Hades has multiple yep. true endings. It as does. You, yeah. As you does. keep beating that game. Yeah, it's it's definitely uh, of of all of these like completion rewards. It's the one that is, I think been the most prevalent in modern games yeah um, todd and i have most recently talked about the game's triangle strategy which has mm. a which has a golden path that you can technically unlock your first round but it's very unlikely that you you, will. you sure. could trip into it and if anyone in your circle says that they got the golden ending on their first round i doubt that they're lying they're either lying I'm, or using a guide <laughs> yeah they're they're lying if they they're probably lying if they didn't look at a guide because nah. <laughs> yeah what would you guys ca- consider like games like the end the where you get the true ending to games like um, Detroit Become Human or uh, the other the other one we did on stream where like there's there's a right ending but like yeah I I think there's a difference between true ending and different endings okay because there is the like I look at like Star Wars The Old Republic. You're not doing anything more to get one versus the other. You're it's just, just what you're aspected right as decisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gotcha. It's just the choices that you made. So I, I consider that as just like an end state. Now, if Detroit became human, become human does. And I can't remember, but if I, I think there, there's probably a, a, a little bit of both. Like if you have to, if you do all of the things or if you talk to all the right people and you like follow a very set path to get like the best ending, I think that could be considered a completion thing, but yeah, it's a little fuzzy. Okay. Um, let's talk a little bit. So endings and all, right? The the Reddit the credits roll. Kyle mentioned earlier the credits roll, and it's like, well, so what? Well, there's another thing that a lot of games do, and that's called New Game Plus. Mm-hmm. And the first time that this term came up was actually with Chrono Trigger. Uh, our debate this is favorite JRPG <laughs> Chrono Trigger. That's definitely available for the Switch. Um, so, and this was specifically, I talked about it when we talked about this in our premium feed. Um, when Chrono Trigger was re-released on the PS1, Square had added a bunch of different endings. And all of those endings were were based around the new play, new game plus mechanic. So what that was is you would go through the game as normal, and then you would restart your file, and then the game would say, like, oh, you're going, you're in new game plus mode. You and basically like all new game plus is basically the same. You start the game fresh with a lot, like mostly your items, your gear, your levels, whatever, all the stuff you've worked with. It's a big RPG thing. Mm-hmm. In mean, Chrono Trigger, the way that it's set up is there's a certain point at which you can go back to the hub world and fight the end boss whenever you want. And you can do this at d- specific points throughout the game. And based on which point you go and fight the end boss, you'll get a different ending. And image eight shows the ending. And these endings are like 10 seconds long. They're like some dialogue scenes. They're not like a whole cutscene or anything. Um, but this one is uh, on image eight is just say, good job. You finished the hardest version of the game. This is the development room for the Chrono Trigger game because this was also a bad translation. Uh, but you could talk to like the different execs from Square um, and they would say they would say like canned phrases. This is what you would get if you went and beat Magus like right after starting New Game Plus, basically. So nice. Yeah. Um, now. We talked a little bit about NES games, and while it wasn't called New Game Plus, I don't know how off how common knowledge this is, but a lot of the old NES games actually did this. Both Legend of Zelda and Super Mario Bros. had hard modes that if you beat the game, you could go back. And it 
And again, it wasn't necessarily New Game Plus as we understand it today, but it was just like, hey, you can play again, but it's harder. Like, there's more numbers. Like, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the image nine here is uh, Super Mario Bros. Thank you, Mario. Your quest is over. We present you a new quest. Push button B to select a world. And basically, it's just like, hey, we're, we'll give you a remix version with like more enemies just kind of thrown in there. Which like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. cool. I played NES hard mode Super Mario Bros. Nice. Yeah, nice. I've never beaten it. It's hard as dicks, but I've gotten That's to that screen. What I hear. I mean, the game is right? hard as dicks to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. Now, a lot of New Game Plus, and it, it depends. Every game kind of does it differently. But for the most part, New Game Plus modes are, are really like, like Kyle mentioned earlier, a lot of times this happens for games that have multiple endings. It's a way to see the cutscenes or make the choices you didn't make before. Uh, a lot of games that do it, though, it's really just the same game, but like increase the difficulty, up the numbies. The most notorious example are the Dark Souls games, Dark Souls and Bloodborne. Mm which they all do this where as soon as you roll credits, you're brought right into New Game Plus, um, but, and everything is just exponentially up. But Dark Souls games go all the way up to New Game Plus 7, which just keep like multiplying <laughs> oh. the numbers and multiplying the numbers oh, until man. it stops at 7. It's pretty wild. Um, we talked a little bit about way back two years ago, we did a flavor text about Nier, um, Nier's successor, Nier Automata, actually ha- incorporates New Game Plus into the game itself. So, okay, this is going to sound wild, but you technically have to beat Nier Automata three times to see the- to get the whole game. <laughs> Ugh, gross. Um, it shares it shares yeah. that distinction with Mega Man Battle Network Four. This is this I is say, my, oh, as a man who it? who played through Mega Man Battle okay. Network 4's sto- uh, campaign. F- four times three times interesting we'll have to share notes compare notes about that later now near automata i'm really glad this is why matt wasn't there for the near flavor text um <laughs> so near automata it says it's new game plus but it actually isn't halfway through the the first new game plus you're complaining you're playing a different completely different game but it you know it's it's very it's very like oh it's new game plus. anyway um let's move on to the mid 2000s the x it's 2005 the Xbox 360 is released and introduces this thing called Gamer Score. So now, <laughs> oh. now all of us, yeah, baby, we're talking about mm-hmm. it. So now all of those gold borders, that 96 star Super Mario World file select, those trophies are there front and center for all your friends to see. And it and now this this brought in a whole new layer of what completing a game was because now you had not just all of the in-game checklist, but you've got this external checklist of all these other things that might connect back to the game, but also might not. Um, That's just to show your friends how much of a hashtag real gamer you are. Um, Xbox 360 added it first. Steam would go on to add achievements. They're just called Steam Achievements in 2007. And Sony followed suit with trophies for the PS3 in 2008. Um, one major difference between achievements and PS PlayStation trophies, PlayStation uh, uses the term platinumed. Matt meant that, said that earlier. A PlayStation trophy is a PlayStation platinum trophy is a, a trophy for getting all of the trophies in a particular game. So people will say, like, I platinumed that game. It just means mm. they got all the Chivos. Now, achievements really do bring an entirely new layer to this discussion on completion because now we're kind of moving away from just like seeing all the content, getting all the things to 
doing this checklist that was written by an external party. Um, now, again, a lot of achievements do coincide with the game's content. Maybe they're like different milestones. You hit chapter three, providing hints to other secrets in the game. Like I remember the Halo 3 achievements where, you know, finding all the skulls and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Things in the game. But then there's the the more common perform XX acts 1,000 times types of achievements that really aren't there to do anything but make you repeat the same action over and over again. Um, I think it's fun. I, at this point, I'll note the current world record holder for the highest Xbox gamer score, according to trueachievements.com, is a player that goes by the handle of Redemption Denied. Edgy. Um, and as of this, <laughs> as of last time I looked about a week ago, they have just under 90,000 achievements across 3,422 games. How many, how many wow. of those games are um, of the Barbie franchise? I wonder. Um, I wasn't able to look through all of the game lists because it's like in most recent played order, but they have 100%ed 94% of those games. I know. I just remember that, like, especially the, the, middle of this era when it was like a thing to track how many achievements you had across how many games um it was a strat to buff your numbers with some mm -hmm. some like yep sh barbie or shovelware type games that mm -hmm. just my like, college roommate and i when we first bought an xbox 360 uh we i remember playing fight night round three or whatever the boxing game the first mm -hmm. boxing game for xbox because it was known to have the easiest achievements I like wow. I I like mm -hmm. this like as an option if if that's your bag like having sure. an external thing just like track metrics in the game like that for you I think that's a fun like yeah. like fun it, it is for a per a certain type of person yes mm -hmm. it's not for me but I like that it exists mm -hmm. for that person exactly and we're gonna talk a lot uh, in part two about some more fun and notorious achievements uh, throughout the years. Um, also around this time, in this the mid two thousands Xbox three hundred and sixty PS three time, we get we got another huge development trend, multiplayer modes. Uh, so it started with your Calls of Duties, but and then it you know it kind of it moved over to Gears of War, um, Modern Warfare, obviously inspiring. Uh, those games inspired other single like single player focused games like Assassin's Creed, Creed Jesus, like Assassin's <laughs> Creed three. And even Mass Effect 3, all these games were jumping on the bandwagon and doing these like separate multiplayer lobbies. And it was great. Do you guys remember doing multiplayer, like multiplayer for Assassin's Creed? Like nobody needed that. Right. What well, it was, was fun? That? You could play, oh, you could play hide and seek. You could yeah, like, oh, was, okay. The, okay. It was, it was basically it wasn't bad. It was just like, why? Gmod it was, ended up doing it. I better. mean, it was, yeah. um, it was Call of Duty made X million dollars last yep. year and has multiplayer mode. And that's exactly um, what it was because it I, wasn't executive, just... executive, I'm telling you, add a multiplayer mode to this if you want yep. to stay, keep working on this game. And that's exactly yeah. what it was, Kyle, because it wasn't just multiplayer deathmatch, right? Like Halo yeah. 2 and multiplayer deathmatch, fine. These were full multiplayer lobbies where you would grind levels and mm -hmm. prestige. Does that trigger anybody? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, you would go through and you would get like, this was like, get, you get your load out and you grind out all of the weapons and the more levels you got, you got, you know, whatever. And there were multiplayer achievements associated with those multiplayer, multiplayer lobbies. 
I've got an image. Uh, image 10 here is the Mass Effect 3 multiplayer lobby where you could level up six different like types of characters. And it was just not fun. The, multi- <laughs> the Mass Effect 3 multiplayer is <laughs> really bad. It's really bad. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I think the most recent example, we've talked about it a lot already. It's the loot box and battle pass grind. Yeah. How do you how do you complete a game that is always changing and always online? You don't. Um, you know we've got Overwatch, uh, Battlefront, Team Fortress Two. These those games uh, mid two thousand tens. Those games utilize loot boxes that would randomly award new items and cosmetics. And then we've got newer free to play games like Destiny, Fortnite, Apex Legends. These all have seasonal battle passes that players level up on a you know three months basis and gain new rewards. But these are seasonal things. So, you know, like I said, I mean, you can't complete Overwatch. Try completing Fortnite. Like you're that is right. I mean, holy shit. Like that even if you even if you did 100 levels and got every item 200 levels because there's bonus battle. Even if you got every item in every single battle pass among the last 24 fucking seasons of Fortnite, there's still like a ton of stuff that you're just missing in the item shop. You just buy. Yeah. Um, um, I will say for this like category, mm-hmm. um, I do, um, and M- magic, the gathering arena does it has their own battle pass that I mostly complete every season. And that's, that's just for me. Yeah. Um, because it feels good because it feels good to see the, see the bar go up uh-huh. and to get your little Skinner box and to get your mm-hmm. goodies and, you know, clear off the notifications and, as you can see here, I'm going to trigger Todd by showing the Call of Duty Warzone Battle Pass, which <laughs> I know that he bought because I also bought it. <laughs> At least two times. Yeah. And, you know, I spent $20 on getting heavy metal music for my helicopter, and I never looked back. I regret a second <laughs> of it. Right? Because <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. And it's fun to right. see the numbers go up. It's fun to, you know, to to get those little drips of um, whatever, of uh, serotonin. dopamine, serotonin, serotonin whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Choose your chemical. So, but yeah, but I, I think, you know, now here in, in the year of our Lord 2022, there really is no one way to define completion. Um, I think it just, it depends on the game, depends on the individual, and depends on how much you like it or not. So uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about some of our more memorable favorite completion rewards and some notorious uh, Xbox achievements slash trophies. Stay with us. Like, everybody has the stereotypical on what a black geek is. Are you familiar with the term blur? Blur, no. Some people said it came off of scrubs. Some people said it came off the internet. I don't honestly really know. Ah, don't you see the skin? The eyebrows, the hair. Yo, my geeks still rock, you know what I'm saying? Dunks or or Jordans or whatever. Did I do that? It's it's exciting. It's like, holy oh my dog, it's gonna start barking. Um, <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> she's excited about it too. Um, and uh, same as you said, like the barbershop talk, like we would go into really in-depth conversations about these theories and like, well, what if and how come? It's not unusual to me. Right, but we we talk about anime, video games, comic books, and stuff like that. But when you hear us talk about it, the passion sounds like we arguing Jordan and Bron. Hey, what? what do you mean? What does that even mean? Hey, 
like Cadillac. What does that even mean? Like, it sounds like barbershop talk. It's because you don't know the history. You don't mean broke that down right there. <laughs> but when you see the black geek, you don't see that. You see the socially awkward glasses. Well, this is me. And that's not a lot of us. A lot of us do sound and talk like us. You know what I'm saying? It's because it becomes stereotypical. As if that's where our strength comes from. Uh, I don't know the geek that you talk that you that you talked about before. I know the geek you're talking about right now, though. It I, it was sort of a call sign, so we could find each other on message boards. Anime gives you life lessons throughout that whole thing. Like, there's not one anime that I know of that doesn't teach you to never give up. Just like I just love seeing us go into the world and go into these different spaces and create things that weren't there before. And then it was like Miles Morales is like the normal, you know, black person in the United States. That was my first like blurred moment was seeing, you know, Storm on the X-Men cartoon series. And I was like, wow, that's a black woman and she's strong, she's powerful. That's what I want for us. I want us to be that voice, voice. All right, we're back. Uh, as mentioned, part two, we're going to look at some of the hardest and more memorable completion journeys, either due to their difficulty, their time required, or just straight up weirdness uh, that stands out among the past, among the pack. Okay, so I mentioned in part one, the completionist, which again, I was, I've got all my, my as I my main uh, source cited here. He often gets questions from fans and other content creators. What is the most difficult game to complete? Now, that's a hard question to answer, obviously, but his most common response is a game called Catherine. Do you guys know this game? Probably I, I'm not. aware of it. Uh, tell me okay. more about it. One of my um, roommates got real into it. It is a game made by Atlas, who makes the Persona games, and it, it, it uses the same visual engine as Persona 5. It was kind of built as like a test run for the Persona 5 engine, basically. Hmm. Um, it is like a puzzle slash dating sim. Yeah. Okay. Um, but the, the puzzles are just like really fucking hard. And, uh, in either it's the situation where you have to get like S rank trophies on every single puzzle. And he always cites that, like, you know, d like after doing super meat boy, dark souls games, five nights at Freddy's, like this was the hardest thing he's ever done in order to complete. Cause it's like, it required him to pretty much like memorize every single movement and be absolutely perfect. Uh, in oh, these wow. like really particular puzzle platforming challenges. I think that's pretty interesting. And that's, that's across more than 400 games in the last 10 years. So that that's a lot. Um, another big one I mentioned is Five Nights at Freddy's, which we did in a flavor text of a thousand years ago. Um, we did talk about in that episode, if you complete all the regular content in Five Nights at Freddy's, you will unlock Ultimate Custom Night. Uh, Matt, is, you want to tell us what Ultimate Custom Night is? Yeah, it's fuck wild. It's fuck you mode. That's what it is. Uh, <laughs> it's right. fuck you mode. It's the same yeah. as Super Mario Brothers hard mode. It's the biggest thing with Ultimate Custom Night in all the FNAF games is that you can customize just how hard it is and say, like, I want these enemies and these enemies. But it's really just it's just hard mode. I want yeah. all of them. I want them to be extra aggressive because the I think the way the game tends to work, they don't bring you certain enemies until certain times in the story or like this enemy won't be aggressive till later. But it's just like dial everything up to 11 and rip the knob off. Yeah, yeah exactly. 
Uh, yeah, so both he and Markiplier uh, both did this notoriously like years ago. Uh, they cranked it up to 20, 20, 20, and 20, which just you got called 20, 20, 20, 20 mode. Um, and that's, you know, considered to be completing Five Nights at Freddy's is doing 20, 20, 20, 20 mode. And it sucks because it's, again, it's nothing new. It's just really fucking hard and requires you to memorize the game and be absolutely perfect and also have a health, a healthy amount of luck because it's mostly just random. Yeah, because yep. RNG mm. will just destroy you in that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to cite a little bit my own experience here. I think the one that could have broken me the most is actually Crash 4 It's About Time, which I mentioned earlier. <laughs> um, Crash 4 It's About Time is fucking mean. Uh, if you see, look at image 12. This image this is, is unhinged. It's <laughs> yeah. This is unhinged. So let me just walk you through this fucking nightmare of a menu menu select screen. So you guys have played a crash game before, right? You, you've got mm -hmm. your secret gems, you've got your color gems, you've got your relics, so the time trial relics. Well, Crash 4 upped the ante like sevenfold because there are 29 levels, and instead of like hiding one secret gem and a box gem in every level, they hide six gems in each level. Oh. Ugh. Mm -hmm. uh, yep. And then, and then one of the things that Crash 4 does, which is objectively really cool, they have inverted mode levels. So like every level has an inverted mode, which has like a different mechanic or a different like art style. All of those have six gems. So there are like 228 gems times two to get. <laughs> oh, it's, it's wild. Yeah. Yeah, not to well, mention all of the uh, all of the time trial relics that you have to get for being, you know, being very fast and also getting things like being very precise in your platforming. But then the, like, uh, the, the thing that's ahead. wild is the way that they hook you on any of these, because earlier crash games also have hidden gems that like mm -hmm. the way they hook you is accidentally you stumble upon one at one point. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Then you're like, wait, wait what's this? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Wait wait what did i find yeah and then it's like oh do all the levels have the yup mm -hmm. <laughs> yes they sure do um you guys might see so that bottom row there that has the like the little vhs tape and the three end symbols so those are for the secret hidden tape levels so there are like secret <laughs> basically kaizo crash levels or super super hard like engineered in a lab to be hard as balls crash levels that you have to platinum to get all, mm -hmm. and get all of the boxes for but wait, there's more. May I direct your attention to the little skull and crossbones there? Yeah. Um, that is an insanity relic. You get one of those for going through a, a particular level, getting all of the gems, and not dying one time. Wow. Yeah. It's just mean. Yeah. Hey, also, there's more. Um, I mentioned the time relics. So there's the Platinum Time Trials, which, again, you may remember from Crash 3. What's not shown here are the Purple Time Relics, which aren't even tracked, but you can get, and there is a place for them, which are the Developer Times in the Time Trials, which require a savant-level knowledge of every <laughs> single level of Crash 4. Oh. It's about time. It's... Wild. I do highly those, recommend. Do those not count towards the hundred and six percent? Fortunately, they do not. Uh, oh. The what? The one hundred percent, much like Crash Three, is all of the gems, and then okay. one hundred and six is the time trial relics and the insanity relic. Okay. Relics. Um. So I've got a link here in the notes for a video by Cadicarus, 
who he did like an hour long video. And if anyone who's ever watched Kadikaris, he's a huge Crash fan and he completes all the games. And it's literally titled Completing Crash 4 Broke Me. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's very fun. I highly recommend it. Um, Andrew, um, can I ask your current completion level for this for this game? Oh, I rolled credits, my dudes. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did all the Kaizo tapes. I rolled credits. I got gems through like half the levels because the thing about the box gems in Crash 4 is remember like again in Crash 2 where it's like you got like 98 boxes or 88 boxes. They're all like kind of you're easy to find. Some Crash 4 levels have 400 to 500 boxes. Oh, gosh. Right. Oh, and, oh, and oh, there geez. was not not there was more than five times where I, I kid you not, I'd end a level with one box left. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh. Um, my, my wife still cites that as like the game, the game that would break me here in 2022. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's move on. So it's very common. We've talked about, you know, hard difficulties, real super hard difficulties. That's very common. All games have that back to Mario bros, right? Some games you might unlock like an extreme mode. Halo 3 had that. Um, have you guys ever played the Wolfenstein games? Oh, yeah. baby, have I played the Wolfenstein games. Oh, yeah? Games. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Wolfenstein 2, the new Colossus. I've never played Wolfenstein game, but I just this was from research. Wolfenstein 2, the new Colossus, which I think was a PS4 era game, maybe. Um, this takes it to a ridiculous degree with seven difficulty levels. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the seven levels are, can I play, daddy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't hurt me. Bring them on. Do or die. Call me Terror Billy. <laughs> I I am Death Incarnate. And finally, Mein Lieben, which is also unlocked, and they're unlocked by finishing the finishing prior the ones. Priors, yeah. So this all dates back to the old PC, Wolfenstein. Yeah. Yeah, that like they I don't know. I don't think they were all this these exact names, but like, can I play daddy was the easiest one. Oh, okay. Yeah, I okay. remember yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. It, looking- it does have the it does have the I the vibe of like it hasn't aged very well. Mm-hmm. I'm rolling through real quick to see if I can figure out what the first wolf game I played was. And I'm pretty sure it was Wolfenstein 3D, which okay. came out in 92 and was on my grandparents computer so when i was a little kid one of the first video games i played was wolfenstein uh 3d killing nazis hey man my grandparents computer same but for diablo so hell yeah yeah (laughs) and i was just looking through to see if the wikipedia page real quick had the difficulty levels listed and it doesn't look like it does but i do remember the pc levels you know like when you picture difficulty level being similarly silly gotcha so the mind lieben mode in this particular game is considered so punishingly difficult that this game appears on pretty much every top 10 hardest rarest wow. achievement list that i wow. run. um going back to jared the completionist uh succeeding in this mode his video is good on this one succeeding in this mode he says requires a photorealistic memory of the game also you only have one life and saving is disabled oh. Oh. Oh, oh, oh no! Yeah. Um, now, of course, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about Final Fantasy at least a little bit. Um, I mentioned earlier the Dark Aeons from Final Fantasy X, which I think are the toughest super bosses in any FF game. But I also wanted to highlight uh, what could probably is the rarest and toughest item to, to obtain in a Final Fantasy game. 
It is. Uh, did any of you play Final Fantasy Nine, Todd? Maybe no. Okay, I did not. Um, so there's a character <laughs> in Final Fantasy Nine. He's like a silly knight. His name is Steiner. Um, his ultimate weapon is called the Excalibur Two. Just <laughs> don't <laughs> okay. ask questions. Now, most Final Fantasy games have uh, ultimate weapons, and usually what that means is like you know doing a side quest or doing a mini game or finding a hidden item or whatever. It it is something that you can grind toward. Final Fantasy IX, this one item is the only thing in the entire 30 years of Final Fantasy that requires the player to reach the final dungeon of the game in under 12 hours of game time. Oh my gosh. What? Yeah, it's wild. No other Final Fantasy game did this before or has done it since. And and, and 12 hours may or may not sound like a lot of time, but like remember, this is a 40 to 50 hour JRPG. This is Final Fantasy. Like, yeah. Uh, And a PlayStation 1 Final Fantasy to boot, which every battle takes three minutes because there's a minute long cutscene of them swirling around the camera. Oh, no. Yeah. So this requires you to go into the game specifically with the like, like you're never going to stumble upon this, right? Like you are going, you're doing, you're doing a run specifically to get the Excalibur 2 which means you're skipping all the cutscenes, avoiding random battles, pretty much like changing up your gameplay, not doing anything else in the game to the level of a world record speed run. Because may I note that the speedrun.com leaderboard for this game has runs between eight and nine hours. That's not a lot of time to cut, y'all. No, no. (laughs) Um, Do you have have Excalibur 2, Andrew? No. (laughs) No, I, I never did that. So... Let's talk about grind. Um, now, again, going back to studying the completionist, his other kind of side of like hardest to complete game, um, not for obviously it's difficulty, but just for the level of grind, is Hyrule Warriors, specifically the Switch version named Definitive Edition. I also played this game and I've completed not all of it, but a large percentage of it. Now, this is when I say Muso game, does that mean anything to you guys? Mm-hmm. No. no. Okay. I mean, I know it's, I context clues, I can connect it, but like Dynasty no. Warriors. It's a Dynasty yeah. Warriors game. This is the anything with warriors after it. Nintendo's been doing a bunch of them. Yeah. Hyrule Warriors was the first, then Fire Emblem Warriors came out. Um, they've done a bunch of other types of these games. They've done another Fire Emblem Warriors and then another Hyrule Warriors. This is the first one that came out. So this game was originally released on the Wii U and then again on the 3DS with new content. And then released a third time on the Switch. This was one of the very first Wii U ports to the Switch. And this yep. was the this was the definitive edition version. I will note that I've had I've owned both copies of these and I've put 200-ish hours into both versions. And oh. I will tell you that is because I had this on Wii U, which it was one of the few games that was worth playing on the Wii U that wasn't yeah. Super Mario uh, 3D World. Because yeah. Um now, what makes this game so grindy is its adventure mode, which actually Kyle mentioned before. So the, it's it's actually a recreation of the entire map of the original Legend of Zelda, which Kyle mentioned, quote, is not very big. However, <laughs> <laughs> the adventure now mode it is. in this, <laughs> the answer may surprise you. So the adventure mode, the whole point is every screen in the original map, which there's 128 mm-hmm. blocks in the map. Every one of those screens or blocks represents its own individual mission. And these Musou games, these Dynasty Warrior games, they're all about, you know, 
slash hacking and slashing, killing a bunch of stuff, blowing up big big explosions and Part, you know, particle, very, effect, particle effects out there. Yeah, the it's very particle yeah. effects. It's very like lowbrow action game. So there's yeah. not a lot of mechanics. It's just a lot of like click, press Y and repeat. Um, and these missions, so re- these missions will range from like capturing bases, defeating enemies, taking down bosses, et cetera, et cetera. Anything between like each mission will take you like between five and 25 minutes, depending. Many of the missions unlock new characters and weapons that can be used in other missions. So there is this like very particular progression that, that just get, again, gives you bigger and bigger numbies. Um, I'm, I'm really glad that numbies has really got stuck into our, <laughs> the lore of uh, yes. debate this. <laughs> So image 13 is the Hyrule Warriors adventure mode map. And this is, again, this is the mode that you play after you've done the story mode. You want more Hyrule Warriors. You're just going to keep grinding out. I should mention each one of these, again, each one of these screens is its own mission. Each one of these missions also has a ranking based on score and time completed, which means all the things that you can unlock are oftentimes locked behind gold ranks which is what makes this time consuming because it's not just playing the mission. It's optimizing it fast the enough. Yeah. Oh, should and I, it's all about, should I buy Hyrule Warriors? You're going to buy Hyrule Warriors. <laughs> I don't know what I'm actually looking at on this map. It's like the world's worst advent calendar. Yeah. <laughs> so each, I think what it is, Todd, is each block represents a mission uh, is a, is a different mission in adventure mode. And okay, I think yeah. the, my context clues are telling me that the, gold swords are like the a, a gold completion and then everything but else is you're like, so close you're, okay. you're really close so start at the bottom so find your navigate to the middle column and look all the way at the bottom yeah that is mm. the first screen when you boot up legend of zelda that's the first screen that's where you go and they get the the sword from the man in the cave okay yeah so you start there you play a mission it's really easy you'll unlock an item maybe a character maybe a weapon all of those icons, so anything that isn't filled in is a mission that at this point has not been unlocked. What's being shown, those icons are the items that are available to unlock or to win are, in those remain. missions. Those items will unlock further missions. So you might have, like, in order to unlock a mission, you might have to, to, to blow up a bomb. That happens to be where you would use a bomb to, to, to unlock uncover a secret cave in the original legend of zelda and you actually use a cursor and you place the bomb so if you know the original game you know where to put the bomb got it stuff like that so um the swords are weapons that you can unlock that increase like your character's powers like permanently in the game and that's where the progression comes in because it's just you got to do deal bigger and bigger numbers if you're going to get those gold ranks so there's a lot of just grinding and grinding and grinding so um, Hyrule Warriors came out in like 2013. Uh, paid DLC was released for the game that added a new Master Quest map, which again, you may remember Master Quest is what the hard mode of Legend of Zelda is called. Um, so there was a second version hard mode of the Adventure Zone map or the Adventure Mode map. So now we have two <laughs> maps. Later on, they added more maps based on the Twilight Princess and Majora's Mask because the whole point of Hyrule Warriors is it's a celebration of all the Legend yeah. of Zelda games up through Skyward Sword because Breath of the Wild had not <laughs> yet. Um, and these were all, you know, had their own characters and weapons. Majora's Mask, you could get you could get Young Link with the Fierce Deity Mask. You could get uh, the Skull Kid. Twilight Princess, you could get uh, Minna, right? The 3DS version also included new characters and two more maps based on the Wind Waker. Wow. 
Um, and then had its own DLC that had more maps based on the Phantom Hourglass and Spirit Tracks, which are the DS <laughs> games, Link's Awakening, and A Link Between Worlds. You know so, what? If if I'm surprised, okay, I'm, I'll say mm-hmm. that in the Zelda IP, I'm surprised it did take this long to get to <laughs> a place where they were like, we've got so much content. Let's get people to pay for it to show up in different yeah. places. Like, yeah. I'm surprised yeah. it took them this long. The, like, yeah. They, they mean, could have done this a long time ago. The, the first time they really ever did it was um, there's a Soul Calibur game where if you got the the GameCube version, you got Link. Yep. But like this yeah. is the first time that they're like, let's put. And if you got the Zelda Xbox characters. version, you got Yoda. And if you I got mean, the Nintendo, version, I mean, you guys, you guys Vader. remember those days like Nintendo <laughs> was very, you know, kept their IP close to the chest. It was right. such a big deal when Link was in Soul Calibur. Yeah, oh, and yeah, it dude. was. I mean, it was huge. And this I, game was a big deal, too. Like this game created an entire fucking genre. The hype around that that Link inclusion got me to buy Soul Calibur. Right. And I a hate game that Soul I had never Calibur. played. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't buy it. I had a friend that did. And like. <laughs> We yeah. all played it. Soul Calibur 2 is a great game. It is. Um, oh, it rules. Let me, let me quickly close out. So Definitive Edition, the Switch version that Kyle's going to go buy right now, includes all of the DLC released for the original version and what was released for the 3DS version. Altogether, this equals out to a whopping 970 missions. Oh, my, my God. God. That's, that's so much content. That's, that's, that's so much one, content. That's one mission per One Piece episode. <laughs> That's so much content, and it's still it's only sixty bucks on, and it's the, only 60 on the Nintendo bucks. Shop Store. That it's like I can't pass up that deal. Like I mean, right? I paid I twenty dollars to play it to for a Goku skin. Yeah, like, that's like impressive. If, like that's if, three Goku skins. <laughs> like if the internet shuts down and I have nothing, no new content to play then I'd still have nine hundred and seventy individual missions of Hyrule Warriors yeah. to work through. Like. The reason why I had so many hours clocked on this game is because I was working in advertising at the time when I lived in San Francisco, and there was a week where um, I worked for 72 hours straight, and I was just like waiting. I was just like routing edits back and forth, so I just, it was this and working, waiting for emails. Just moving moving attachments Mm -hmm. to between emails and grinding. uh, Because my job is forwarding emails. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, um, so this is this is Gerard's uh, number one, like most grindy. He cites total game time of one thousand and twenty hours to complete the whole wow. game. Wow! Yikes! Oh. Yeah, definitely watch the video. It's also here in the show notes. Um, okay, we're we're gonna wrap up here. Um, the last thing I want to talk about uh, when it comes to grindiness is RPGs, most notably JRPGs. Um, Obviously, they all have some degree of grind in their base games, so it stands to reason that the completion criteria would be the same thing. Um, now, because these games are so often so long, there isn't a lot more content available outside of maybe like an optional boss, maybe an extra dungeon or something. But so this means completion is in is a little bit different in that it comes in just like maxing out levels, grinding out stats, farming for rare items, etc. So uh, talking about Persona 5, which is a game everybody knows it exists. It's a notorious long game, even by JRPG standards. It just rolling credits will clock in around 80 hours, which is a lot like it's a lot. Um, and one of the core mechanics of Pers- of the Persona series is you're balancing life as an everyday student in Japan, fighting otherworldly monsters in these fantastical dungeons. Um, and the game simulates both sides of that life. 
So as the player, you explore your town, your city, wherever you're at. You increase social links with your party members by doing these tasks, working part-time jobs to make money, doing things like studying for midterms or working out. And all of these things have like numbers and, and levels associated with them. All of this is balanced with obviously the actual RPG stuff, exploring dungeons, progressing the main story. And the core mechanic is you're giving a set you're given a set amount of time to do this. You can't just do this infinitely, right? You have to mm. you have to plan your time accordingly. Mm -hmm. So what this means is unless you much like the triangle strategy example, unless you are strictly following a guide that says like day 1 do this, day 2 do that, you're not going to be able to do everything the first playthrough. Hence why new game plus is there. So for for a to 100% a persona 5 or to 100% persona 5 it's going to take about 70 to 80 hours for that first playthrough and then an additional 30-ish hours to max out your levels, your social links, and get all the personas, which are like your Pokemon-like characters. But there's one other mechanic in this game that can turn a 110-hour experience into a 500-plus-hour experience. Oh, um, no. I so don't like you, that math. And, and, this, and this is the whole, like, what is completing a game, right? So as the main character... You can romance one of eight women in the game, nine with the updated royal version. <laughs> um, and at the very, very, very end of the game, whoever you romance, you'll have like a date with whoever you romance and they'll give you a key item. That key item does nothing. It is simply a trophy, but it is unique to that particular character. And it will carry over into New Game Plus. So technically, you could have an inventory with all, the, all of those items. In order to do so, you would have to play through the game 10 times to acquire each one of those unique items, which is eight individual romances, one from Royal, and then one where you date multiple people and they all find out and then they like slap you in the face. Um, <laughs> it's wild. So Gerard's video gets like he's get, he gets into that and he makes it to about five playthroughs where he's just like, fuck this. He is, that is the only <laughs> wow. completion that he's like not finished. <laughs> How many? I mean, how I many of these him? key items? Of do course you have? not. Uh, one. I'm not a. I'm not a fucking. I didn't even want it. I didn't. I mean, that's see, that's where I draw the line because that's like for me the content like it was done. I rolled credits. There was nothing else to see in the game. There was an extra boss battle that I would have had to grind out for that I wasn't interested in. Mm. I just watched it on YouTube. So like that's where like that I made the conscious decisions like no, I'm good. I've I got what I needed out of Persona Five. I'm good. Gotcha. Persona 4 does have a true ending, though, which you have to like. So that actually, I spent more time with that one. Anyway, let's talk about Chivos. Chivos. You guys remember Chivos? They're fun. Mm -hmm. Sure do. <laughs> um, Half-Life 2 had one uh, called Little Rocket Man, which I remember very distinctly. And I tried doing this, and I wasn't able to do it. But Half-Life 2, if you, don't, if you don't know that game, this was one of the first games that used the Source engine, which was kind of the first like real physics engine in a video game. Yeah. And Half-Life's 2 core mechanic had the gravity gun, which was a game, which was a gun that like literally manipulated gravity. So you could it was all about like holding and throwing things, basically. So there was a little like garden gnome hidden through like early on in the game. If you carried that garden gnome through every level of the game awesome. and threw it inside a rocket <laughs> ship, you would get this achievement called Little Rocket Man. I love that it's, shit. It's really cool. Yeah. It's a good one. See, I, this is yeah. what I mean, like where I say, like, I like the the achievements. The creative ones. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, like there's I know you're gonna keep going through more, but the one that makes me I don't wanna say smile, but I think of you're is gonna talk about a, Red Dead Redemption. I am gonna talk about Red yeah. Dead Redemption. 
Red Dead Redemption. Okay, can I say it? Please, please. I knew I yeah. I had I had planned for you to say it. Right. <laughs> I appreciate that. In Red Dead Redemption, um, you get an achievement for hog tying someone and putting them on a train track and having them get hit by a train, um, <laughs> because like a dick. That's like a dick dastardly thing to do. The kicker here is that, and I vividly remember this because I had a, another friend tell me about it before it happened. The game won't give you the achievement unless you watch it happen. (laughs) (laughs) The the Rockstar wants you to see what you did. Yeah. You live with your crimes. Right. Um, I think one of the most sinister, like legitimately evil achievements actually comes from Rock Band 2, the the game that triggered a thousand DTs. (laughs) Um, Rock Band 2, I don't know if you guys remember this, but they had an achievement called Bladder of Steel. This required you to complete the endless set list, which was just all 84 tracks, all 84 tracks in one sitting without pausing or failing a single song. Wow. Oh, no. Yeah. That's mean. Unfortunate. Man, if I was a rock band kid and not a Guitar Hero kid, I'd have that achievement. (laughs) (laughs) But like, God damn. I mean... That it's it that is fucking mean. That's what gotta be at least six hours. Uh, Give take. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you think it's eighty four songs and each song average is like of four minutes, four minutes. Yeah, let's let's call it three minutes for easy math, and you're looking at twenty songs an hour. So like at base minimum, it's, it's three four hours. At- yeah, yeah, and yeah. and every song is not three minutes. I mean, right. Green yeah. Grass and High Tides was in there. Yeah. Kyle, you were right. Four hours. I screwed up. Four hours. It's, but you're good. Yeah, you're good. Yeah. Math's hard. Um, you guys remember Gears of War? I loved Gears of War. Me too. Uh, Gears of War had a series of achievements called Seriously. It started in the first game. In the first game, it was just killing one thousand people in ranked versus and ranked multiplayer. It's Ten thousand. What did I say? 1,000. Oh, 10,000. I just read that wrong. Thank you. 10,000 people in, in ranked mode. Gears 2, it went up to 20,000. In Gears 3, it didn't go up to 30,000. Instead, Gears 3 did the whole multiplayer prestige lobby shit. So it required maxing out your multiplayer rank. We Now where we have gotten is Gears 5, uh, which you can play on Xbox Live Game Pass. Um, the, <laughs> the seriously 5.0 achievement requires one beating the game on the hardest difficulty to getting max rank in multiplayer 20 times, which doesn't mean much until you realize that's prestiging. So you're, you're going mm-hmm. through like getting 100 levels 20 times. Oh yeah. Um, image five or image 15 is a actual photo that I found online of someone who got that achievement that procced. Um, the thing that I want to direct your t- attention to is the percentage of gamers who have also unlocked this, which is 0.02%. Which wow. I want to know, like, I want to know how many people that is. I want to know the number of, like, because you know that is a countable number. Like, you could, gather them, number, you could right. gather them all in a room, but I want to know how many people are in, how many, how many yeah. place settings we're setting for the um yeah. seriously 5.0 there, there is some number fuckery when it comes to achievements because obviously the denominator is anybody who has the game downloaded yeah so there's mm-hmm. a thing where like the rarest achievements you're going to find are not in games that no one has played they're in games like GTA 5 
and yeah. Gears 5 because it has the biggest denominator and it's just the hardest achievement with the game with the biggest denominator. Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit fuckery with numbers, but still, like, holy shit. Um, um, I would also I... like to note that this screenshot of this Gears uh, achievement says that it was unlocked mm, like seven months into the pandemic. And I think that's very telling. <laughs> yes. Sure is. Um, speaking of multiplayer achievements, the, these are some of the most egregious ones come from this category. The worst has to have been the world champion achievement in a game called Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Advanced Warfighter, which feels like a a scam. Like that just right. sounds like yeah. a, like a like an ad lib. You made that ad lib. Yeah. Um, this game was released in 2006. This achievement required you to literally be the number one ranked player in the world at a certain point. Great. <laughs> something, what? God. Like something that only an X amount of people. But again, this was 2006. Like I'm sure some developer is like, ooh, what if we did this, right? It gets wild. Um, Gerard did this because like there is a way to cheese this that people have done where buy a couple Xboxes and just like go on the lot because the lobby's still up. Oh, you could yeah. technically do this and get a bunch of friends to just like lose to you in Ghost Recon Advanced Warfighter <laughs> for hours and hours and hours. Incredible. Weird. Like, again, why would you want to? Um, so talk about some some more interesting ones. Uh, NBA 2K21 has one called Fresh Lettuce. Um, this is a hidden achievement that requires you to get what is the game's version of a game over. Like the it's the bad ending. Um, but to do it, you have to progress a career through the G League, which is like the minor league. Which we've talked and about. Andrew, we wait, have. Andrew, do you know what G stands for? I do not it's remember. Gatorade. Gatorade. It's Gatorade. G stands oh. for Gatorade. I don't remember that. Uh, you have to go through the Gatorade League and completely botch every game to be the worst rated player in a career. And then after 20 games of botching each one, you'll be forcibly kicked out of the league and get the secret bad ending where you're riding home on a bus and talking to some annoying guy. Wow. <laughs> That's really funny. It's really funny. Um, Gran Turismo Sport, which is the newer Gran Turismo PS4 era, um, has one that requires you to match Michael Schumacher's record of 91 F1 Grand Prix wins. <laughs> That's kind of funny. That's, I like it's that. cool. I like That's that. Deep. That's for the F1 fans out there. Um, and another one that requires you to match um, Ayrton Senna's record of 65 pole positions, both in multi and both of those are in multiplayer modes. So like, I think that's, that's kind of fun. Like that's a, yeah, really it's like a cool that. neat touch it's to neat. put in there. It's, it's, it's objectively neat. Um, I think one of the best trolley achievements is the go outside achievement for Stanley <laughs> Parable. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Um, this required you not to play the Stanley Parable for a total of five years. <laughs> And that's what it says. Don't don't play Stanley Parable for five years. I have it because I bought Stanley Parable in 2013. Nice. Um, the reimagined version Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe, which actually re- uh, released earlier this year, up that to ten years. <laughs> so awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's so good. I mean, what a like the more you think about it, what a smart thing for them to do because yeah, ten years from now, people are going to bring back up this game. Yeah, yeah exactly. and then yeah, then you're reminded that you have it and you play it again or. Mm-hmm. Like Todd said, bring it up and get someone else to buy a copy of it. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, we we're not talking about MMORPGs today because that's just again a, a game that never ends. How do you complete one that never? That one, how do you complete the uncompletable? Mm-hmm. Um, but I do want to shout out the World of Warcraft achievement that Aya mentioned on our DT episode sixty five entitled "Swipe Right for Frost Mages." 
Uh, that <laughs> that achievement is called What a Long Strange Trip It's Been. Now, this single achievement, you may remember she talked about this uh, in the in the terms of like she had to uh, log on specific times and has been working on this for like eight years because she missed one particular holiday event. Um, this single achievement has a pretty cool reward. It's a it's a super rare dragon mount, which is what she brought up. The, the whole point of this in order to get it is you have to have completed all of the chi- the achievements connected to the eight seasonal events. Now, I looked into this a little bit and I don't play World of Warcraft, but I've played MMOs before. These are not like just events. Like these aren't just like 15 minute missions, like logging in and getting your thing. These are like all really hefty grinds in their own right. Yeah. And, and it's not like you get the quest during Christmas and just do it whenever you have to do it all during the event. Yeah. And, and again, like these are actual events, many of which are legitimate holidays. So you could imagine why that's really hard to do. And as far as I know, that's not even like the most egregious one in wow that's in no. an egregious one but wow has wow. some really just like yeah the, like, the fishing list i know is pretty mm-hmm. wild and and final fantasy 14 also has its own fishing list which is just a lot of grind and a lot of rng um it's a whole i mean hey you if you like grinding let me tell there's, you MMORPG there's another right one there. i know there's one in in wow that's like this level of like we dare you to forsake all <laughs> like societal responsibility to get this quest, this like skin effectively. And um, it's, it's worse than that. Yeah. Well, let's end, let's uh, end this out with just some fun, memorable completion rewards. Now I want to start with one that I think a lot of people think about, and this is the one that actually <laughs> inspired uh, shark bait to commission the episode, which is Hetsu's gift from legend of Zelda breath of the wild. Um, this is your rewards. This is image 16. This is your reward for finding all 900 Korok seeds, which are hidden throughout the map. There's no icon for them. There's no like hints to find. Well, now there's an item that can tell you when you're near one, but like that's it. Um, <clears throat> Hetsu's gift. It's a literal, literally a giant gold poop. Just a Nintendo gold really likes doing that too. They sure do. Like like mm-hmm. make setting setting the planting their flag in the ground, giving you the goal to go achieve, and then when you do it being like why did you do this you you deserve golden poop for for doing this if you get all the shines in mario sunshine you get a hawaiian shirt yeah yeah (laughs) it's better than a golden poop yeah at least a different skin different yeah um i think kyle mentioned this earlier and this is like again a great example of where do you draw the completion criteria i got all the shrines i did all that i saw the content i definitely did not get all the korok seeds these Yeah. yeah yeah Especially when it's like a like collection and you don't get much else for it. Um, no, there's can, there's the no one, material gain. Yeah. The the Arkham games I consider have have that level too, where like you finish an Arkham game long before you get all the collectibles. Um, yeah, um, yeah. That that is not that's a different level of completion. <laughs> sure is. Um, we talked about Red Dead Redemption. Um, Red Dead Redemption for completing 100% gives you the Bureau uniform, which is just a different skin, but kind of like what GTA used to do, makes you invincible against cops, which is yeah. right. It's the best. Mm-hmm. Um, image 17 is from Mortal Kombat Deadly Alliance. Uh, this is an unlockable character that you could get 
for um, again completing the campaign with all the character, <laughs> the other characters. This is mocap, a literal awesome. motion capture capture actor just doing kung fu. That rules. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Dude's dude's huge. <laughs> he is also jacked. Um, and then getting 100% completion in Vice City in GTA Vice City unlocks the Frankie outfit, which is a T-shirt that says "I completed Vice City" and all I got was this lousy T-shirt. I think is this is my favorite incredible. one so far. Yeah, that's yeah. So good. yeah. Well, let me tell you, Kyle. Like, I know what your favorite one's going to be. It's this next one. Okay. Uh, we don't have an image for it. It's a U- it's a YouTube um, video, and I'm going to ask future Kyle to splice in the audio because it's that good. So in PlayStation One's The Lost World Jurassic Park, um, they it was just like a like a two point five D platformer. They had all these hidden DNA strands. And if you got all of the DNA, you got this secret ending of F, a full motion video of Jeff Goldblum telling you to go outside. And we'll play it now. Ah, <laughs> uh, hello, hello. If you can hear me, congratulations. Way to go, way to go. You made it through. You made it through. You spent all that time, and now you're done. You did. Incredible. That's quite an achievement. My, my gosh, you, you looked at a 20-foot carnivore right in the eye, and you've lived to tell about it. Well, you are something. Thank you. Thank you for, for sticking with it, for not giving up. That is really something. Now you know what you should do? Turn the thing off, for, for, for heaven's sakes, and go outside. You know... Breathe the air, take a walk, call a member of the opposite sex. You know what I'm talking about. You know, you have a whole life, life out there. Get the stink blown off you. Just, just go. Go, really. Turn off. You. Get the stink blown off you. Also something my father would say on a very regular basis in regards to me playing too many video games in the basement. Um, I, I love this. It has the same energy as when someone asked um, Jeff Goldblum at the Thor Ragnarok premiere, um, who had like, do you prefer Marvel or DC? And he just like rolled their eyes and and scoffed at them. Like <laughs> he's like, I don't like comics. Like this was this was an acting role for me, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's great. Um, in case you guys needed to re- needed a reminder of the edginess of the early two thousands, I've also put in another fun little secret video, which is. One which is from the original PlayStation 2 God of War. Um, there were two hidden videos. One, it, when you got to the end, you had to break a certain statue in Olympus and you would get a, um, a phone number. And if you, f- and if you finish God of, War, God of War on the hardest difficulty, you'd get a second phone number. And these phone numbers you could call and they were just like a pre-recorded voicemail from Kratos himself. And... This is, and again, we're gonna. I'm gonna have uh, future Kyle splice in the audio here. This is uh, the pre-recorded voicemail from getting beating the game on the hardest difficulty. By the gods, you've done it! Somehow you found your way here to me. I offer you my congratulations and my respect. Together, we shall conquer the perils that lay before us, and we shall always... Dude, dude, they did it. They found our Easter egg. Who are you? It's me, David Jaffe. I directed the game. What game? So edgy. It's so edgy. It's so edgy. And it features Twitter's David Jaffe. It sure does. (laughs) Because they spent all that time breaking those statues. I mean, they must have taken, like, forever. 
And then they figured out the whole secret code thing. I do not know what you are talking about. We hit the secret pretty damn deep, huh, Kratos? If I kill you, I will get help for So wait, 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 wait. If you got the secret from the net or a magazine, <laughs> then actually you kind of suck. I mean, work for it a bit, right, Kratos? Actually, I, can I, call you I love the idea that no. they're asking the question of, like, Kratos, why are you so pasty? When, like, the canonical answer is it's the ashes of his dead family. But, right. like, you know. Right. <laughs> I mean, is there a, a singular game that went that made a, more of a heel turn than the God of War franchise? Really? Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's, like, he's, he's effectively Danny Tanner. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not going to make you watch this next one, but I will just note one that I personally will never recover from is the <laughs> quote-unquote secret ending from the original Kingdom Hearts. Um, I remember spending hours and hours and hours farming rare materials to craft ultimate weapons, finding all of the 99 Dalmatians hidden across the levels, beating Sephiroth, which is hard as dicks. After doing all that, you get a 60-second teaser of a game that looks like it would be Kingdom Hearts 2, but as it turned out, was part of the unreleased backstory to the DS game that released eight years later that no one played, which in just <laughs> true KH fashion. So um, I'm going to end just one last discussion question to close this out. So obviously we, you know, we've talked a lot about developed content in games, um, but all of us likely remember some urge urban legend about a hidden secret. So tell me, did you, any of you fall for one of these urban legends for a, a hidden thing that wasn't actually a thing back in the day and if you did did you forward it on to some other unsuspecting peer um every, every single pokemon red and blue one uh mew under the truck in viridian yeah. in viridian vermilion city um there was one about bill's garden that if you do something stupid you get to walk behind bill's mm. house because there's a patch of patch of land like that appears in the overworld map that you can't get to just all the stupid like um pokemon ones yeah um especially after the movie came out more came up that were like mm -hmm. how Pika to blue? get pika blue or meryl <laughs> um yeah. in yeah. in the first one and it's like no that was just a teaser for for gold and silver shut up everyone um <laughs> man the burgeoning era of the internet was incredible incredible it was wild yeah, I mean, I I walked around that stupid truck in Pokemon Blue a billion times. Yep. Um, oh, shit. And there was another one for me that was just in my head. And, oh, it's uh, it's actually from Kingdom Hearts 1. Um, there was supposed to be a staircase in Traverse City that if you walked up a staircase, it had 12 steps going up, but 13 steps going down. And if you what? like correctly walked on it it would trigger a secret cut scene um i tried for a long time and it never worked yeah. however the character model doesn't do downward slopes well on a playstation 2 and it makes it look <laughs> like there's a different number of steps oh yeah that's inc that's really interesting huh. um there were a number of Rumors that floated around with Smash 64 of how you could get Master Hand. Yeah. Oh, yes. Which mm -hmm. most of them, most of them involved playing as Ness on like the highest level difficulty on the story mode with three lives. And I'll tell you, um, I 
was like fluent backwards and forwards in Smash 64 at that point in time. Uh, there is no way to unlock Master Hand in no. Smash 64. I did beat campaign the story mode with Ness with three stock like multiple times. And every time I was like, maybe I didn't do it fast enough. I got to keep going. Like, <laughs> I got to do it again. You could feel like your palms like sweating. And you're like, oh, right. did I do it? Um, For me, it's Banjo-Kazooie Ice Key. Holy shit, Banjo-Kazooie Ice Key. Um, Yeah, at the end of the original Banjo-Kazooie, there is a video that the 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 end of the after the last cinematic plays this video of this these two secret eggs and a key made of ice in, in, hidden in these worlds and this was this was released as intended to be part of this like s- this mysterious stop and swap feature that they were going to do and rare never did it it was like a thing where you could swip you could mm. swap out um N64 carts within like 4 seconds and they never did it. Um, they actually implemented, they have the ice key and the secret eggs in Banjo-Tooie, the sequel, um, as just kind of like a cheeky reference. As but, a nod. Yeah, but I spent hours trying to find, like figure out a way to like unlock the stupid ice key in uh, Banjo-Kazooie. Say, um, there another one that's like semi-based in reality was a Pokemon one was like how to fight Professor Oak. Um, and Ooh, I remember that one. And, you know, it was something dumb. I don't remember the the instructions, but that is because uh, Pokemon Red and Green, the Japanese versions of the game had um, there was an early version of the game that had Oak in play as your final fight instead of the champion. And gotcha. that hmm, that file with the data was like left in left hidden in Red and Green, um, not ported over to America interesting yeah it's not so much completionist type things but as far as like urban legends go kyle you mentioned how the early days of the internet were wild i got a lot of this stuff from game faqs or as it is known uh to the common game facts and (laughs) i can't even tell you how many cheat codes i printed out and then just sat on start screens playing with my D-pad for two hours for right. nothing to ever happen. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> certain certain that you just hadn't yeah. punched it in right. Like that you must have done it wrong. Yeah. 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 I mean, look, we've we've all had that that sleepover where we would we spent four hours trying to get Mortal Kombat fatalities. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is a shared experience. All right, y'all. Well, um, I think that's that'll that's gonna do it. Any final thoughts? Any parting wisdom? This uh, was great. I, it was great. Yeah, thanks for putting this all together. This was really fun to think about what completing a game is. I thought of one other game that I wish I would have brought up in the first set of questions that we asked, but a lot of my best memories of completing games are from horror games because mm. when I complete them, it feels like I actually did something, you know, not to say like, not for that to be shitty towards another game, but it's like, I escaped from this hell that I was in uh, yeah. and specifically yeah. rolling credits on the first outlast was like, Ooh. boy, wow. That was, I mean, just a weight off my shoulders. It felt yeah. actually yeah. incredible. Um, and then I got, a hundred percent at a buddy's house on a sleepover uh we did a hundred percent on slender um in its early days before it had a gajillion levels and that was like i mean just rage inducing of of running around the same minimal polygon field for hours but 
I just wanted to give my shout out to horror games because I don't complete a lot of games and the ones I do complete, it's like, oh, cool. You know, I got this legendary item for a game I'm never going to pick up again. But there is like a a real world sense of relief, I think, when I finish a horror game. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have too much else to add, except I think I realized through this conversation, if I finished a game, it's a pretty high compliment to the game. Mm-hmm. Like there are a number of games that I've started and like got to a certain point. And I was like, that's fine. I mean, I uh, I'm going to forget what the game is called. Now the story's a bad story. Um, the love letter to Earthbound that came out on Switch last year. Undertale. Oh, uh, Delta Delta, Delta Rune. Rune. No, not not Undertale, not Delta Rune. There was another one. Um, oh, uh, it was starring like an old man and a young girl with psychic powers. Um, tells you how memorable it is for me. <laughs> that I, uh, I got like 75 or 85% through this game and it got so grindy and fetch questy all of a sudden out of nowhere. I just stopped playing it. I just dropped it like a bad habit. Are you going to pull up the name, Andrew? Is it Eastward? Eastward. Yep. Yeah. It was beautiful and it was a lot of fun for the first 25% of the game. Then it slowed down a little bit. And then I spent like five or six hours just doing fetch quests back and forth and back Mm. and forth and back and forth. And finally, I was like, I'm done. I'm done. Can't do it anymore. And I looked up reviews and other people had kind of said the same thing. They were like, basically, early reviews were great. And then everyone's like, oh, when you get past that, like 15 to 20 hour mark, it's going to slow down and get bad. Yeah. Um, I think the the compl- honestly like the game like the game that really sticks out in my mind the most of completing is Sonic Adventure Two, weirdly right. enough, because I put so much time into like getting S ranks on every mission, and I and to this day I think it has one of the best um completion rewards in that you can play the original Green Hill Zone in three D. Which is pretty cool. I think that's mm-hmm. a pretty fun reward yeah. for doing a lot of work. But that <laughs> game, that game rules, so it's fine. Um, cool. Well, thanks everyone for listening in to debate this. You can follow along the, with the arguments on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Debate This Cast. Uh, you can follow us on our website at debatethiscast.com or check out past episodes on our YouTube channel at based also at Debate This Cast. Once more, if you want to commission your own episode of Flavor Text check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash debate this cast. We're pretty, pretty much pretty consistent. Joining up at the $25 level will ha- will get you access to the post show, the Google Doc Notes, our monthly movie nights slash streams. And then after that, three months, you will unlock your very first flavor text episode. Until next time, my name is Andrew Henderson. I'm Matt. Where do you want me to complete, Cole? <laughs> I'm... I'm Todd. I'd rather have the golden poop than the Hawaiian shirt, Thomas. And I'm Kyle. Andrew, if you are on Game Pass's payroll, you have to tell the rest of us, Harper. And we're saying thanks for debating with us. And if you think we're wrong, you can come fight us behind the swing sets, nerds, or go find us behind on Xbox Game Pass, nerds. <laughs> Wait, don't don't even hang up yet. I can only complete if we're looking in each other's eyes. <laughs> that, that was that was last week's episode, Todd. <laughs> <laughs>